And then let's just pray for the word. I want to have us dig into Matthew chapter 6. Let's pray and then we'll open up the scriptures. Thank you, Father, that 2,000 years ago you sent your Son here, Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, and that he spoke perfect truth about who you are, how we've sinned, how we need a Savior, power of the Holy Spirit, giving us faith and changing us, how we can be clothed with your righteousness. Every sin can be forgiven. We can be made new creations. And thank you for the Sermon on the Mount that you had him teach about how we should live. So I, I pray for help for me as I explain this passage. I pray that, especially for those here this morning who um, struggle with anxiety about money, Lord, would you do a powerful work that they would understand why they don't need to be anxious, that they would see who you promised to be to them in Jesus Christ, that they would see you, the truth of you, so clearly that anxiety would be gone and worry would disappear and that you'd pour your peace and your freedom out upon them. And then, Lord, for all of us, help us to learn, help us to grow. Use your word now, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 6. And as I always like to say, if you don't have a Bible in front of you, raise your hand. We want to bring one to you because we are passionate about studying the Bible here. The, the Bible's words are far more important than mine. And what, you, what we want is for you to walk away thinking about the Bible's words, not, not so much my words. This is what's important is the scriptures. So Matthew chapter 6, which is on page 811 in the Bibles that we passed out this morning. So page 811. Now, in last week's passage, just the previous passage in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught something that is, as I thought about it over this week, it's astonishing. If you really get this, it will transform you. What he taught was that when you give away money in Jesus' name, give to the poor, give to missions, whatever it might be, when you give away money in his name, you increase the joy that you will have in God forever. Massive potential in every dollar in your wallet. Is like I, that's how I like to talk to myself. Fuller every dollar in your wallet. This is amazing. And when we latch hold of what Jesus teaches here in that section of Matthew chapter 6, there will be, in everyone who's been born again, there will be an impulse in your heart to give away as much as you can. Just no other way around it. Which is so countercultural. So radically different. There will be this impulse this passion to give away as much as you can that's what will happen in us but the bible also tells us that it's important to be responsible plan for the future save for the future that's throughout the scriptures as well and there's lots of different recommendations like there's the recommendation to to take your say monthly expenses and Put three to six months worth of your monthly expenses in the bank, like for an emergency fund. That's wise counsel. Saving for your kids' education. Wise counsel. Saving for retirement. There's a lot of wisdom in all of these approaches. The problem, though, is that if you're anything like me, as soon as I start to think about I need to save for future needs, I start getting anxious. So I start thinking about, well, I've got to save for that, and I've got to save for that, and I've got to save for that. And what I find, and I bet you found this too, 
is that the, the call to save, the call to be responsible, can make us anxious about the future, and that anxiety can squash that impulse to want to give away more and more and replace it with an impulse to what? Save more and more and more. Okay, so here we've got these, these two competing problems, and that's why I think in this previous passage in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus, when he talks about this impulse of giving away more and more and more, he then follows up by telling us, why we don't need to be anxious about the future. Why we don't need to worry about our finances in the future. Because God has promised to provide everything that we need. I guarantee none of us see this clearly enough. None of us. Every one of you has worried about the future financially this last week. I can almost guarantee it. Okay? And what Jesus wants us to understand and see and feel deeply in our hearts is that we do not need to be anxious about our financial future because God has promised to meet every financial need you have. And you might think, well, no, wait a minute. Um, I've sinned against God. I've turned my back on Him. How can He do something so gracious and kind as that? That is a very astute question. And the only reason He can do that is because He sent Jesus, His Son, who was punished in your place for your sins. And so the moment that you turn to Jesus Christ, you turn to him from everything else you've been trusting to secure you and to satisfy you, you turn to him and you trust him as your Lord, you trust him as your Savior, you trust him as your your heart-satisfying treasure. The moment you trust Jesus Christ, all your sins are forgiven. Past sins, all of them. Present sins, all of them. Future sins, all of them. You're clothed with Jesus' perfect righteousness. He goes to work, starts to change you, but you're, you're clothed in his righteousness. You're totally forgiven, and God welcomes you, embraces you. You're reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. And now, because of Jesus, because of how good he is, not because of how good you are, because of how good he is, he rejoices over you to do you good with all his heart and all his soul, Jeremiah 32, 14, 41 says, including promising you he will provide for every financial need that you have that's what jesus teaches us here now now let me just one other thing though before we dig into the passage if you're looking for a formula this morning so that you can figure out okay here's a 20 in my wallet or a one whatever it might be (laughs) should should i save this or should i give this away if you're looking for a formula you will be disappointed okay because I don't have one. And the reason I don't have one is I don't see Jesus giving one. And I think the reason Jesus doesn't give one is because he wants us to wrestle in our hearts with two principles that are in the scripture. Here's the two principles he wants us to hold together. Okay? One is, he says, structure your finances, including your savings, in such a way that you can fulfill what I've called you to do with your life. Okay? Here's your calling from me. I've called you to do this. Structure your finances to fulfill that calling. That's one principle. The other principle is give away as much as you can. As you wrestle with how those fit together, you will work it out on a day-to-day, moment-by-moment basis where your heart is engaged and he's going to work in your heart and grow you and mature you and you will be drawn closer to him in that process. So those are the two principles. Fulfill your calling, give away as much as you can, And the foundation under the whole thing is what we're going to study next. God promises to take care of your every financial need. Look at how he says this. Start with verse 25. He says, Therefore I tell you, 
do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the fields, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I would strongly encourage you to memorize these verses. Memorize these verses. Jesus' main point, five times uses the word anxious or anxiety. Five times his main point is you do not need to be anxious about money. And he gives us seven reasons why. Just walk through these reasons. Why should we not be anxious about money? First reason, end of verse 25. He says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. And I wrestled with this, and it was, I was helped by John Stott and D.A. Carson in their commentaries. I think that they're on to what Jesus is saying here. He's reminding us, Jesus is reminding us of how powerful God is. He's saying, listen, God is powerful enough to do two things that require incredible power. He gave you life, first of all. That takes power. He gave you a body, that takes power. So God has done two things that show incredible power. So if he can do those two things that take incredible power, surely he can give you food and clothes. That's like nothing, right? That's what Jesus wants us to understand. The life he's given you, that's more than food. So he can easily do food. Body he's given you, that took much more power than clothing. He can do the clothing thing too. So for example, Friday, uh, the unemployment numbers weren't very good. If you've listened to the news, okay, some more bad news. Now, God is not wringing his hands saying, oh, this is going to be tough. My people need jobs. What are we going to do, Trinity? What are we going to do here, you know? That's not how it works. God, listen, God could provide you with 50 job offers tomorrow if he wanted to. Understand that? No problem. So that's what Jesus wants us to see is how powerful God the Father is. God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is. Here's an example. 1 Kings 17. Don't turn there. Here's the story. Uh, Elijah is, goes to visit a widow and her only son during a time in Israel when there was famine. And 
People didn't have food. People were dying. It's a tragic time. And God sent him to this widow and her son. And she is in a very tragic place. She has enough flour in the bottom of her flour jar to cook one more meal. She has enough oil in her oil jar to cook one more meal for her and her son. And so she's going to cook this one last meal. They're going to eat it. And then they're going to die. Remember what Elijah says to her? He says, cook that meal for me. And God will cause your flour and your oil to never run out. What does she do? She cooks the meal and she gives, you know, I can just see her scraping out the last of the flour. Okay, here it's all, it's all. And the last of her oil makes the, the naan, right? Makes the bread, however they do it for Elijah, gives it to him. He eats it, and then she looks back in her flour jar, and it's full. And she checks out her oil, and it's full. And they feast. And the next day it's full again, and they feast. And the flour jar and the olive jar never run out. Now, if God can do that, he can give you life. If he can give you a body, he can provide for every cent that you have. He can do that with one hand tied behind his back. It's not a problem, okay? That's the first reason. God has the power. I mean, just think of who we're dealing with here, friends. The one who created the heavens and the earth. Don't worry about your finances. Okay, second reason. Verse 26. Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Can okay, birds don't plant, you know, corn or potatoes. They don't harvest corn, potatoes. They don't have little nest storage places for, for the vegetables that they've grown. They don't do that, but God feeds them. And I think Jesus' point is to show us God's heart. Okay, God's heart is to sustain his creation, sustain his creation, to care for his creation. So every day, God feeds birds. He brings them worms. He gives them bugs. You know, the different things that birds eat. Every day, God is sustaining, providing for, feeding, caring for his creation. That's God's heart, to sustain his creation. Now remember, you are different from birds, okay? Birds were not created in God's image, You were created in God's image. In Genesis, humanity, you are the pinnacle of God's creation. You are created in God's image so that you could know God and love God and worship God and follow God and praise God. You're you're the the pinnacle of creation. So is God going to care for the birds and not care for you? Impossible. Impossible. So that's the second reason. The God who feeds birds will surely feed his people. Third reason, a very simple reason, verse 27. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? This point is obvious. Worrying accomplishes nothing. Okay, I I did the math. If you live to be 80 years old, you will live for 700,000 years, 700,000 hours, excuse me. If you live to be 80 years old, you will live for 700,000 hours. Now, if you took all of this afternoon and worried about you know, are you going to live? How long are you going to live? How long? How, worry. How long am I going to live? All afternoons worth of worrying, you won't even add an hour onto that seven hundred thousand. Won't change anything. 
Okay, very pragmatic point here. Worrying accomplishes nothing. Okay, that's the third reason. You all got that one? Okay, enough said. Fourth reason, verses 28 to 30. Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the fields, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory. Now, if you don't know, Solomon was the king of Israel at the pinnacle of Israel's wealth and fame and power in the Old Testament. So he says, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these lilies of the field. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Now, before we look at the reason, notice those last few words, O you of little faith. Now, here Jesus shows me, shows us, what's going on when we're worried about money. Okay, what's going on when we're worried about money is what? We have little faith. There's a problem in my faith. I'm not, at that moment, trusting all that God has promised to be to me in Christ Jesus at that moment. I'm not trusting God's promises. So this, if you're worried about money, the solution is not just to like try hard not to worry or let's divert my attention onto you know watching the Giants game this afternoon. Or it, That's not how you overcome worry. If the problem is little faith, what's the solution? Bigger faith. Bigger faith. So you... Open up the scriptures like this passage. You pray over these promises, and as you do that, you will feel the Holy Spirit strengthening your faith. Because if you're worried, you're not trusting these promises. When you pray over the scripture, the Holy Spirit will strengthen your faith. You will feel worry diminish and peace rise. That's how we deal with it, okay? Understanding the problem is we have little faith. And so then here's the promise in 28 to 30. It's similar to the one we just saw in 26 about the birds. Jesus, again, wants us to understand God's heart. God cares for his creation. He clothes the lilies of the field beautifully. Okay, but now, these beautiful flowers that he's clothed, how long do they last? Not long, right? They've blossomed today, and then they're thrown into the fire. They're, They're temporary. Flowers are temporary. He clothes them. You live forever. Is God going to clothe the temporary flowers and neglect you who will live forever? Possible. Not a chance. So that's the fourth reason. The God who clothes temporary flowers will surely clothe you. Fifth reason. Verses 31 and 32. It's powerful. Therefore, because of the flowers, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. You see, the Gentiles, that's a phrase Jesus uses to describe those who don't know God. And they anxiously seek after money because they don't know God. They think it's all up to them. They think if they're going to have money in a year, it's all up to them. They're going to have money in 10 years. It's all up to them. That's what they think. We, however, know there's a God. God isn't just kind of an abstract force out there, just kind of whatever, being a force. He's our Father. He's our Heavenly Father. You have a Father in Heaven. If you're trusting Jesus Christ, 
You have a father. God is your father in heaven. He knows you individually. Listen, how much is in your checking account right now? Do you know? Bet you don't know. He knows to the penny. He can tell you, he knows. He knows. He knows about that car bill you had this last week. He knows all about it to the penny. He knows where you're going to face this coming week. He knows it all and he cares because he's your father. I've used this illustration before, but like what if when our kids were home, like, like what if, what if Brad was like out in the middle of a median, you know, at Almond Expressway with a little sign that says, I'm not going to have dinner tonight. Could somebody feed me? I say, Brad, you've got a father. Okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to feed you tonight. That's how we are. We forget that we have a Father who's in heaven, who knows every need that we have. So if you could see God right now, he's looking upon you. He's infinite, so he can give you his undivided attention. And he knows every cent you need now. He knows every bill you're going to face for the rest of your life. He knows all the money you're going to need. He knows all what your expenses are going to be. He knows. He cares. He's going to take care of it. You have a Father who's in heaven. Let me give you another example from Elijah. I've been reading Elijah recently, recently, okay? Uh, God tells Elijah, you probably know this story too. Remember, this is during a time of famine again, and he goes out, uh, God tells him to go out to this brook Cherith, which is way out in the boonies. So you got water, but that's it. Okay, now, God knows. God's Elijah's father. God knows Elijah's going to be hungry when he gets there, okay? Because God loves Elijah. God knows. And so what does God do? He's out there all by himself by this brook. You know what God does? He has ravens bring him bread and meat to feed him. Okay? And then they feed him and, wow, and they fly away. And Elijah goes to sleep, wakes up the next morning. God knows he's going to be hungry the next morning. Here come the ravens again, okay? Breakfast's right there. Bread and meat. Ravens fly away. Elijah gets hungry later on. God brings the Eli- This is what God does for Elijah. The point is, every financial need you have, God knows. God cares. God promises to take care of everything you need. He knows everything you need. So what this means is we don't, therefore, need to be like the Gentiles who think it's all up to them, who think, I'm on my own. And that's why they make money their main pursuit. You don't need to make money your main pursuit. Jesus tells us here, don't seek that. That's not your main pursuit. What should your main pursuit be? Sixth reason. Verse 33. He says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what we make the main focus of our lives. And all these things will be added to you. So the main focus of our lives is God's kingdom and righteousness. We want to advance God's kingdom and righteousness in our own hearts. So we're in prayer, we're in the word, we're fighting sin in our lives. We want to advance God's kingdom and righteousness in our families, right? So we're caring for our kids, we're loving our wives. We want to advance God's kingdom and righteousness in our workplaces, working hard, diligently in our neighborhoods, backyard Bible club, advancing the gospel there, everywhere we can. And Jesus promises, as you make the passion of your life advancing God's kingdom and righteousness, he's going to, God will provide every cent that you need. It's an ironclad promise. All these things will be added to you. Okay, so just a little quiz time here. If you're seeking God's kingdom first, will you have all the food that you need? How about the clothing? Cars? If you need it, exactly. If you need it. Cars, housing. Notice, very smart, the word is what you need. What you need. Okay, he will always give us what we 
need in order to fulfill his calling on our lives. His calling on your life might be to have lots, so you can give away a whole lot. Okay, that may be his calling on your life. His calling on your life may be to have little. Maybe his calling. His calling on your life may be to take you home this afternoon. Right? It's his calling. He will give you every cent you need to fulfill the calling that he has on your life. Now, here's one way I experienced this. Jan and I experienced this. When we were, when God had called us to come up here to plant this church, we were down in Orange County and needed to sell our house. This is years ago. So we put our house on the market. And about three months before our moving day, talked to the senior pastor. I was on staff at a church, said, you know, God's called to plant a church. He was excited about that. Okay, here's the date. We'll move here, get our house on the market, you know, start taking, you know, transferring responsibilities and everything else. So our house is on the market, and it didn't sell. Week went by, two weeks went by, three weeks went by, no offers. Four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, no offers. We're up to, bef- to two weeks before it's time for us to move. Sweating a little bit. Okay, we needed moving money. We just did all this stuff going on. So I, I went to the senior pastor and had my usual meeting with him. He said, now, do you want to like postpone your moving date? I mean, how's this going to work? And so Jan and I prayed, though, and we, no, God, I don't know why, but he's, we're supposed to you know, hold to our original deadline. And so we did. And 10 days before we were moving, an offer came in, an, an, an unusual offer. This is very interesting. I won't go into all the details, but part of it was a $10,000 non-refundable deposit, which meant that was our money, okay? And so we had money to move, and then it closed escrow about a month after we got up here. It all worked out perfectly. So just see, see, the point is that when you're following God's call, as you trust him, you're seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, he will take care of everything that you need. He promises. I want you to think about it like this. I hope, I, hope, I hope this makes sense. Let me know if it doesn't, okay? Uh, but everyone who's trusting Jesus Christ, we are all independently wealthy because of our dad, okay? Now, he, that doesn't mean awesome, you know? <laughs> Woo, let's head to, uh, you know, Monte Carlo or whatever. No, 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 no. He calls, he says, work. Get a job, work at your job. Work hard at your job. Work, you know, work honestly, ethically. Do an excellent job at your job. I will use that job to funnel you the money I've got. Okay, because you are independently wealthy, I will use that job to funnel you the money that I've got. So you've got to work at your job, but the point is, as you work at what God has called you to do, he will use your work to provide everything you need to fulfill his calling on your life. Everything. That's what he's promised. So you are independently wealthy, as long as you understand some of the fine print. Okay? Now, one last reason here. Number seven, verse 34 Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. He says, don't worry about tomorrow's finances. Let tomorrow worry about itself. I think the point is that tomorrow's finances, in God's hands. God worries, quote-unquote, if you want to put it that way. He's got that, and that's his responsibility, not yours. So tomorrow's finances, in God's hands. Instead, focus on today's, quote-unquote, troubles, if you will. Okay, Focus on today, the temptations you need to overcome, the needy you need to give money to, the work you're called to do, the, the, the wife you need to love, the kids you need to teach about the gospel, the, the, the gospel you want to advance in the neighborhood. So focus on today's issues. Let God take care of tomorrows. And so I just put it, I summed it up like this in the notes. 
God will take care of tomorrow's problems. He's promised to. So don't be anxious about tomorrow's money. Okay, now one last question. This is really important. So how does Jesus want us to overcome worry then? Like I said, all of us worry about money. I do. I know I do. I do more than Jan does, but she probably does a little bit too, okay? And we all do. All right, we all worry about money. So how does he want us to overcome worry? And there's something strange that happens to too many followers of Jesus. We read a passage like this, and we close the Bible. We walk away thinking, I'm not supposed to worry about money. And so then when we worry about money, we just like try to willpower our way to not worrying. I don't know how you do that. You just kind of, you know, it's going to be all right, it's going to be okay, or just try to distract yourself. But what we don't do often enough is we don't, often enough look at the fact that there's seven reasons, seven promises he gives here. And here's how, see, Jesus doesn't just tell us to stop worrying about money. He tells us how to stop worrying about money. How? By paying heed to the promises. See, it's, it's, it's beautiful. When, when I'm worried about money, I'm not trusting these seven promises. That's my problem. I mean, I would agree with them. Of course, I mean, they're all true. It's not that I don't believe the Bible, but I'm not trusting them, right? There's a big difference there. And so what he wants us to do is take a passage like this and you pray over these promises. Say, I'm not trusting that you're going to do this. Help me. Now, part of the problem may be, one of the reasons you may be worried is because you have an idol, I-D-O-L, in front of you thinking, well, he may not provide for that. Well, he may not. Okay. And if you're worried about that, then the way to, none of these promises are going to touch that. What you've got to do then is you've got to tear down the idol. I want your call in my life. I want to trust what you are going to do for me financially. You will give me every cent I need to fulfill the calling in my life. I want to trust your calling. I don't want to have any idols before you. I want you and your will alone. A contentment will come. And then when you trust these promises that he will provide every cent you need to fulfill his calling, peace will come. Peace will come. Isn't this amazing? This is, this is beautiful. So here's my challenge. Try something for this week, between now and when your home group meets. And if you can go longer if you want to. But every day this week, pray over these seven promises. Pray over them. Say, Father, help me to trust these. Work in my heart now by your Holy Spirit so I believe that you will clothe me. You will feed me. That if I seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, I'm going to have everything that I need to fulfill your calling in my life. Help me to see that about you. Help me to trust that about you. Because, see, you should be as free from worry about finances as if you had $10, million, $10 billion in the bank. Because you got more than that in God's bank. He's your father. He will provide everything that you need. Now, one last story. This is from my grandfather's life. I don't think I've told this one before. Maybe it's, or at least it's been a long time. I forget. But anyway, my grandfather was a radio evangelist, okay? In 1934, a long time ago, he believed God was calling him to uh, start working through KNX radio because KNX was more powerful than the station he'd been with. KNX covers all of North America, including Hawaii and Alaska and all of Canada. So he wanted to make this commitment to start going with KNX radio. So it was happening, and the, and the, the funds were coming in. But then all of a sudden, one month, the funds like really dropped off. 
Okay, and so all that he had, he needed eight thousand dollars a month. I, I, I translated the money into today's dollars. Okay, um, so he needed eight thousand dollars a month, and all he had was six. So here he is. I think it was a Monday afternoon, and he needed the, to pay the bill on Tuesday. K and X was in Hollywood, just a little bit away from where he was, and he was praying and pondering. He felt like I've got to call him and tell him I've got to cancel the, the contract because he was a man of his word. He was, I can't, I can't do this. So. He was reaching for the phone. My my dad wrote this in his book. I think I got there anyway. Pretty close to that anyway. And the phone rang. Okay? And it was a dentist friend of his. He said, Charlie, do you need money? Okay? My grandfather said, uh, as a matter of fact, I do need money. He said, come on over to my house right now. Okay? So so he drove over to the dentist friend's house. And he got there. And his friend said, I've got a check for $2,000. Do you need $2,000? Well, okay, he, so he needed eight to pay the bill. He had six. How much did he need? Two. Okay, that's how it works. And my grandfather said, I need exactly $2,000. Why did you write a check already? I mean, Dennis didn't know. Why did you write a check for $2,000? He said, last night, my wife woke me up, middle of the night, said, God's given me a dream. we got to give Charlie Fuller $2,000 tomorrow. And so here it is. Oh, there's a whole other story about how he was low on money. I forgot this part of it. And a client came in. That morning, that's right, I forgot about this part, a client came in that morning and paid a past due bill, which is where he got the $2,000 to get to my grandfather. Anyway, do do you see how this works? God is in control. God is sovereign. Through Jesus, as you're trusting him, you are forgiven. God is for you. He is rejoicing over you to do you good. He says, don't worry about money. Don't worry about money. Now, work, plan, give away lots, figure out, are you stronger on the savings side or stronger on the generosity side? Figure out where your heart's at. What you need, do you need to really kind of get more disciplined in savings? Some of you do. Do you need to like lighten up on the saving and give away more money? Some of you do. Okay, we're all different places. As you wrestle with these principles, the Holy Spirit will make clear to you what you need to focus on. But the point is, you don't need to worry about money. Every cent you need between now and glory is covered. It's taken care of. Be free. Be at peace. Stop being anxious. Okay? All right, no time for questions. (laughs) No, but if you have any, email me and, and we can talk about them or we can talk afterwards. But let's stand up. And which home group is praying for people this morning? Parks. So parks, people, why don't you come on up? stand here. I just want to pray this over us. And then if you have a need for prayer before you go, please uh, come on up and have somebody pray for you. I I know that people are just walking out with with carrying needs and have people pray for you before you go. It'll be private, it'll be confidential, and you'll see God work. But let me pray this passage over us. Father, you know how I worry about money? And we all do. We praise you for Jesus, for the cross, that we can be forgiven by faith alone in Christ alone and reconciled to you, loved by you. And you are rejoicing over us to do us good with all your heart and all your soul. And you will provide for our every financial need. We're all at different places, Lord. We need to hear different nuances of this. Would you give us wisdom for what we need to hear? about this right now. Help us to tear down idols. 
Help us as we sung in worship earlier to surrender to you. If you've had things go ways we were hoping they wouldn't go, help us to surrender that to you. Help us to trust you, to humble ourselves before you. Lord, if we need to work harder at our jobs, help us to do that. If we need to give away more, free us up to do that. If we need to save more, impress us with that. All these different things, Lord, you know exactly what we need. But thank you that the foundation of the whole thing is you will provide for every cent that we need between now and glory. We love you. What a God you are. Thank you. Lord, I pray that you would impress this upon us and strengthen us with this and that this next week would be different because of what Jesus, you taught us 2,000 years ago. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.